Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Boy, do I have a treat for all of you. You know, when I started the show and I got into this industry, there's a handful of people that I thought, man, I can't wait to interview them. You know, they're people that I followed that I was a fan of. And today we have one of those people finally joining us here on the show. She is the owner of the Sutter Company. She is a new business consultant that helps agencies and organizations operationalize and scale the way that they bring in new business for their agency. She's spoken at all the big events, Inbound, the 4As, and she's worked with all kinds of incredible agencies. And she's the author of a great book called A Small Agency's Guide to Winning New Business, The Eight Steps to Winning More of the Right Kinds of Clients. It's available on Amazon. It's in the show notes. So with all of that, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us, Jody Sutter. Thank you. Oh, shucks. That's, that's like the nicest introduction I've ever gotten. So, wow. Thank you. I pride, I pride myself on those intros. I try to bring the energy. So I've given everyone a little taste of who you are. I'm sure many of them are already familiar with you, but for those that aren't, um, I'd love to have you just share a little bit in your own words of what you do and who you serve. Sure. So as you said, I, te- I help agencies operation- operationalize for new business success. Um, I tend to work with small agencies and I tend to work with the ownership or the leadership at small agencies. My personal belief is that the CEO of a small agency is the best business development resource that agency has. It's important to note that I'm not saying it's the only resource that the agency has, but the agencies I work with are typically between five and 55 people. And uh, unless the CEO or unless the the leadership is actively involved in setting the pace uh, and setting the goals, then it's not gonna happen. So I really help them uh, step into that new business role and build that upon their strengths. Well, I, and I absolutely love that you you describe that as operationalizing new business. I think that's so, so key because the misconception about new business, I think, is that it's some magic fairy dust combination of some really charismatic person in a suit and some magic email template that is like a huge unlock and these strokes of luck. And the reality is it's a lot more scientific than it is artistic in a lot of cases. And it is something that is repeatable and scalable and can be designed. And I'm really excited to talk about that today because as you know, we don't cover new business on the show a whole lot, but when you throw the word operationalized into it, then all of a sudden we're excited to talk about it. And of course we'll make the exception for you, Jody. So with that, I want to start with the first question, which is, you know, what are some of the keys that you've discovered over working with so many clients over so many years? What are the keys to a successful new business strategy? Sure. So the first thing I think I just mentioned is the the CEO. And by the way, I use the term CEO as proxy for partner, founder, owner, co-founder. Um, the involvement of that CEO, that he or she setting the pace and being involved and having ultimate accountability for new business success. That's one. Um, number two is 
um, is playing to their strengths. So I try not to encourage people to do things that they think they should do, but they don't like and aren't good at. Instead, we look at what they are good at and the types of personalities that they have. And we, I prescribe the right program for that. And then the third thing, maybe most importantly, and it's not very glamorous, is, um, is consistency, is consistent execution. Uh, and I would add to that also consistent execution and analysis and measurement. Mm, yes, it, the, I, lo I love that you added that at the end because I, I, mean, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I've met so many people that are like, well, we tried that. We tried that thing for two weeks and it didn't work. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, that's not always uh, enough time. We've got to keep tr chugging along and measuring and testing things, right? Yeah. And I think I was asked once, you know, what is the single most important thing that an agency should do for business development? And that there's... Um, there's no one answer for every single agency. Each agency is different, um, even though they don't always describe themselves that way, but each agency is different and they have to embrace those differences. And that's the only way that they're gonna feel satisfied and excited about um, implementing a new business plan. So with that, that's a great segue into the next question, which is like, you know, I'm not going to ask the question, what is the, the, you know, the number one strategy for a new business? Because we know that that isn't necessarily the same for everyone. So if I'm an agency that doesn't really have a formal process in place, or maybe we're trying to get things a little bit tighter around new business, how should I think about defining what the correct strategy is for me? What's the thought process behind that? Right. So I, well, the process that I use um, and it's, you know, it's, it's probably similar to a lot of other uh, consultants out there, but it's, it's one that I've developed that I feel is cumulative and that agencies feel comfortable with. So um, the first thing you got to start with, and I'm not the only person who's going to say this, you got to start with understanding what you do best, uh, what makes you different, and what your clients value you for most. So try not to be a generalist. Try to be very specific about where your strengths lie and, uh, and why that's important to your target audience. Second thing is have a target audience, have an ideal client profile, understand who you are targeting. Third thing is to have a messaging strategy. So based on that strategic positioning, based on what, that, the stuff that you're most valuable for, or, most, or most well known for doing, how do you transla translate that into a messaging strategy that your ideal clients will um, will react to and will, uh, will recognize themselves in. You know, there's, there's got to be a certain amount of self-recognition for a client to say, hey, that's me. Um, once you have these foundational pieces in place, then we can start talking about execution, right? We can start talking about implementation. And what I do is I've developed this tool I call a new business ecosystem because I believe that, um, first of all, there's a lot of things that an agency could do, but there's but time and money and a whole host of other things usually prevent that from happening. So what I like to do is say, what should you be doing? I like to start out with, sometimes it's starting with one thing. What is the one thing that you and your team are best suited to do and are gonna get you to your goals uh, fastest and most effectively? And then usually I say, well, what's one more thing? And what I wanna do is I want to help this agency build out an ecosystem that, um, where the pieces are uh, built upon one another. So I call it an ecosystem because like a natural ecosystem, you want to add things to your ecosystem that are right for that environment and that are going to promote uh, growth. So for instance, I would never, um, or I would hesitate uh, recommending someone who's introverted and doesn't like to, and, and, and feels nervous about talking to strangers, I'd be really hesitant in giving them an outbound prospecting program uh, as their number one activity. 
maybe someone like them would need something more uh, oriented towards thought leadership. Maybe it's more about research studies, proprietary research studies, or uh, writing a book that you can then leverage to generate awareness, to bring in new business. And then when you have that one anchor thing, again, what's, that, what, what's the one other thing? Or the small core series or sets of activities that complement that, that anchor activity really well. Mm, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to dive into because you're so right. If we pick something that we kind of dread or we have a pit in our stomach when we think about doing it or we see it in our calendar and it exhausts us just thinking about it, the chances of us being consistent, which you mentioned is one of the keys, is probably going to be pretty low. So um, I really think that's an important consideration, right? Because we're constantly being sold the fact that we're missing an opportunity by not doing this, that, and the other thing and the latest marketing strategy or the, the latest sales strategy. And the reality is we're actually missing out by trying to do too many things or doing things that are not right for us and it's probably best to just lean into one thing that is right for us because consistency over time is probably better than um you know a moment in time and doing something that might be tactically really cool but is not sustainable is that right yes and consistency over time is really important um new business is a long game and um two weeks two months, sometimes even 10 or 12 months is not necessarily enough to watch to see success with a new business activity. Hopefully 10 or 12 months, right. you're going to see something. But um, I think you and I were talking before we got, before we started recording is this tendency that we see, I certainly see it all the time of trying something. And then um, after a too short a period of time, let's just say two weeks, uh, an agency will come back and say, it didn't work or it's not working. Or, I'm getting frustrated or I've I've made a series of calls. I've made one set of calls to one set of people and I'm not hearing back. This isn't working. And so, yeah, I am there. I, can, I work with my agencies over the long term so that they can start to realize why consistency does actually produce results. And I think mm. you also talked about fear. I think fear is a, is a, is a big um, obstacle that I also try to eliminate at the very beginning. So you've got the fear of not knowing what's going to work. You have the fear of being rejected. You have the fear of, um, of missing out that sense of like, well, I just want the, I just want to find the RFPs or if I am too targeted to this audience, then what if I miss out everyone who potentially could hire me over there? Um, so I've got arguments for each one of those fears. And um, what I find is if an agency doesn't, if they don't see the logic in my arguments and they're not really the right client for me, but usually I can get them to move forward and say, all right, I've got ways to deal with my fears. Now let's move into some sort of consistent, some sort of plan for consistency and, uh, and systemization. And so when it comes to that plan, you know, how do we start to define what the right cadence is for us when we're starting out with this new activity that we've identified as being a good fit for, you know, our strengths and our personality? Yeah. So a couple of things. Big, that's, a, that's a big question. It's got a big answer. Stop me if I start running on too, too long. Um, so I think that there are things that you need to do uh, on a weekly, certainly a weekly, quarterly, and annual basis. There are probably other things on daily, monthly basis too. Let's start with the annual. So on an annual basis, you want to, uh, one, you want to look at your plan every year. You want to have some sort of an annual plan, some sort of, and it doesn't have to be big or complicated, um, but some sort of annual roadmap that says, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how frequently we're doing it. And here are the goals that we're hoping to get to. Uh, you want to look at that every year. On an annual basis, you also want to look at your team and your team strengths and what people, the roles they've been assigned and whether that still makes sense. And you also mm -hmm. want to look at your toolkit. Um, is, uh, is your toolkit, are your 
are the things that you use to support your elevator pitch to support your positioning still in great shape, your website, your case studies, your social media, what, all, all those things. So that's an annual basis. Uh, on a quarterly basis, I really like working in 90 day sprints because um, I think that uh, 90 days, you know, three months, 12 weeks is enough time to, you feel like you've got enough time to accomplish something and yet you don't have so much time that you're gonna put things off. You're gonna actually gonna stay to task. So I think on a quarterly basis, this is, this is a little bit like, um, uh, I've been influenced by a lot of different methodologies. People who work within the uh, entrepreneurial operating system or EOS will recognize this, but to have goals every quarter. And these are not, they're not necessarily um, massive, like, well, we want to double our revenue type of goals, or, you know, I want to, um, those, are, those are meant for like, those are like big visionary goals. We're talking about like, this quarter, we're going to get a new CRM in place. This quarter, we are going to, um, double the amount of outreach that we're doing. This quarter, we're going to start a webinar series. Mm. So on a quarterly basis, there's always, I call them like all, always improving projects. And I think you should have two or three of those things that you are uh, working on either improving or introducing to your new business ecosystem. And then on a weekly basis, there are the things that you're doing um, that are already part of your ecosystem that you are, um, well, there's two things on a weekly basis. One is the stuff that you've already committed to. And for some agencies, that could be uh, weekly outreach, that could, whether that's cold calling or reaching out on LinkedIn, building relationships on LinkedIn. For other agencies, that might be um, a proliferation of content, of thought leadership content. You also have to weigh, have a way of not only distributing that content, but making sure that content circles back by generating leads of real people who want to work with you. Whoops, sorry about that computer. Um, Plus you have those things, those always improving projects. So you've got the stuff like those plates that are already spinning over there. What else are we adding to this? How do we, you know, how do we um, subsidize our great um, blog, uh, you know, your great blog strategy with maybe a webinar strategy? How do we introduce that? And so those are your, your always improving quarterly projects. Awesome. That makes sense. I feel like I just threw a lot at you. But. No, it, it totally does. So annual, you know, it's like, let's evaluate the whole system, the plan, make sure we got the right tools in place, make sure that we're clear about what we're driving towards quarterly. Let's start to establish some of those. I think we call them rocks, right? We have the boulders. Now that's we have the they, quarterly right, rocks. That's what, they, that's what they call them in the EOS, but yeah. Right. Rock. And so those are, you know, some of the building blocks to achieving that annual plan might be new tooling, might be increasing the level of activity. It might be improving the existing system we have in place. And then on a weekly basis, it's all of the repeatable activities that lead to that level of success. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. There's the spark notes, the summary. So that takes me into two really important questions. The first one I will ask is, and I'm sure you've seen this, I see this all the time, is this all sounds really, really good. And most of the time we're having this conversation when the pipeline's pretty dry or we've got a drought on the way. But then when we get busy, when it actually starts to work, and oftentimes in the smaller agencies, the founder is still going to get pulled into managing clients, managing work for better, or for worse. And a lot of this stuff starts to take a back seat. How do we stay accountable to this plan that we've created and make sure that even when there's work coming in, we're continually sowing those seeds so that we have, we always have the optionality to take on more work. Um, what's, what are the keys to staying accountable here? So I think there are a couple of things. There's sort of the, the psychological factors that um, like those fears fears that no one else can do that job as well as I can. And again, those are, those are different hurdles to get over, but I certainly help my agencies do that. 
And then there's also some really tactical stuff. So one of the things that I think has been most effective, and it's super simple, but it's also brutally objective, is um, I have my clients measure their success on a weekly basis. So when we commit to, with, with my clients, when we commit to certain weekly activities, whether those are the recurring activities or whether those are those always improving projects, um, we, we score our week, we commit to the activities that we're gonna do to get us to our goals. And at the end of the week, we look at them and we say, did we do everything we were supposed to do? If we got eight out of 10, if we, com if we completed eight out of 10 activities, we get an 80%, right? And then over the course of time, we watch that score and we watch it go up or down or stay steady. Hopefully it stays nice and steady around 85%. When it goes, when it's um, too easy to achieve, we probably haven't set big enough goals or we probably that's a sign that we can take more on. If it's too low, then we either have the, the wrong activities, the wrong goals or too many and we can adjust on the fly. So that's one of the ways, one of the methods I use. So if somebody, obviously everyone should hire you and then they'll have that accountability system, but uh, if they're not in a position to do so, um, you know, it sounds like even just having this as a meeting with their co-founders or their executive team or their, their team or a peer might be a good way to just have that touch point and, and be objective with themselves. Is that right? So again, different agencies will have different styles, but what I always recommend some kind of a weekly or sometimes it's a bi-weekly status meeting. I think uh, sometimes we put too much emphasis on weekly meetings. One week goes by really fast. What I've also noticed is that even if we do have best intentions, um, it's sometimes it's hard to get certain things done in a week. So especially if we're talking about things outside of our daily or weekly recurring activities. So you may, if, if you're finding it challenging to see progress, maybe try a bi-weekly meeting. If that's going to make you feel better about what you did do. So weekly meetings and yes, accountability. If it's not an outside uh, resource like me, have an internal accountability buddy that you can rely on. And this, is, this can be challenging for smaller agencies that um, have one, um, you know, one founder, one owner, one CEO, one person in that primary leadership role then that's a matter of, you, of finding someone who's a deputy who you trust and who you can have an open and vulnerable relationship with because sometimes you're going to tell that accountability buddy that you didn't actually do what you had committed to do. And, you need, and so you need that support, but it, it has to be someone who uh, is going to be honest with you and a little truth-telling. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and one thing that I'll throw in there, because of course, as a founder myself, I've, I've struggled with this. And one thing that I found really effective personally is you know, I, I, I make appointments in my calendar to do these things and thinking about this in terms of a resource planning question i this is like a, a project just like a client project and try to set the same boundaries around that that i would have with client meetings or client work and to actually plan to have the time for this as we're planning the new projects that are coming in and, and allocating resources do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability if you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it.
So one of the things I want to dive into is this idea of the tuning of the process over time, because my experience has been that that is really one of the more critical parts is oftentimes when I've started new business activities, the first little while they weren't really going so hot. But as I started to try new things, measure the impact, we start to compound wins and really build momentum. What should we be thinking about as we look to apply that to our new business strategy to build something that has success over time? Sure. Uh, well, a couple of things. One, I think it goes back to that weekly, quarterly, annual cadence. So those things to make a commitment to do those things that you should be doing weekly, quarterly, and annually to check in, see what's working, see what needs to be adjusted, see why things aren't working if they're not so that, that's important there. The other thing that I think you must do, and this is why I have, why I'm strict about my process and strict about the foundation that I help my clients build for the new business ecosystem, is looking back and making sure that, that the decisions that you're making about your new business tactics, are they true to your strategic positioning? Are they true to what makes you valuable to your clients? And are they true to the kinds of clients that you work best with and that you want to attract more of. Um, and I think that also should happen uh, certainly on a quarterly basis. But I also think one of the things that it sounds a little dorky, but one of the things I recommend, especially if like if clients have just landed on a really exciting new strategic positioning, is I say review it weekly or biweekly, whatever, wh whenever you're getting together for your status meeting, start by looking at your elevator pitch. Um, and, uh, and looking, is it, is it still accurate? Does it still inspire us? Is it e still easy to communicate? Um, I'm a big believer in that elevator pitch as being like the thing that is going to help you build. You can build almost anything on top of that. Mm. And so what, and also what more can we do? Yeah. And I, I think that I love that it, the, the elevator pitch as the foundation of kind of this whole system. And, and one thing that I'll add to that, and this is really coming from, you know, my experience in the SaaS uh, space and as a coach in the SaaS space is every good sales org I've ever seen really scale and grow. They measure the, like they measure the activity that they're doing and they measure the results of that. And they, you know, they use data to kind of help them understand what's happening and they have a cadence. They always have a cadence to check in with their sales team, review sales calls, even if it's reviewing sales calls of themselves and taking notes about what we can do to improve. And they're constantly building their process and their playbook. It's very much a living thing and it's informed by you know, to your point, these habits of checking in and asking these questions and having honest conversations with ourselves or with our team about what's working and what's not and, and what are we struggling with right now. So with that, let's assume that somebody listens to this and I, I'm, we're going to assume this because I hope that it's true. Someone listens to this. They're like, uh, they get some value. They go out, they execute, they build a great process. It starts to work. We're six months down the road now and the playbook is there. What they're doing is working. And now they're, it's time to start getting the right people in place to carry that forward. Um, and I think we've seen this a lot. Uh, I'm sure the two of us have where the agency owner believes that the way to solve their new business qualms is to bring in the sexy unicorn salesperson that's got all this industry experience and they're going to fix this. They're going to bring a bunch of business with them. They're going to create this magical process that works and, and it doesn't work out, right? How many times have we heard that story? So what is the right way to think about actually bringing people in to take over parts of this new business strategy and, and grow it and scale it? Again, for a lot of these small agencies, I often recommend that they try to um, share the new business responsibility with others without still that CEO or that, that, that primary lead uh, being um, still setting the pace for new business. 
I think until you really get to 100 plus people, and I know that's a, a metric that it's, isn't necessarily consistent. There are lots of ways to measure it, but until sure. you really get to a bigger scale, it doesn't always make sense to hire a business development person. I mean, now I'm getting into a whole other topic, but I also think that for a lot of agencies that sell um, either strategic or creative products, um, hiring a salesperson also does not always work because that salesperson is probably more used to selling things that are more tangible. They're used to being supported by marketing. They're, they are also used to a um, uh, sort of an infrastructure, operational infrastructure. Mm. Um, so I, what I find is that a lot of times for agencies that business development person is someone who's more about organizing than actually pursuing. It's not, it's definitely not a, a universal rule. But it can be quite tough when you're hiring your first business development person. A lot of agencies think, well, I'm going to hire a salesperson. And that doesn't always work out well because that salesperson often is not supported. I don't know. I'd be I'd curious as, as to your experience there, too. Yeah, I, I know. I agree with that. When, generally, when they come from a large organization, you have sales and you have marketing. Like, and in an early company, those two things are one and the same. There is not really a whole lot of a distinction between those two things. Um, the, the view is that the responsibility of sales is to both generate the leads and then actually turn those leads into new business. Whereas in a large organization, those two things tend to start to get split out. Marketing's job is to generate the leads and sales is really just there to kind of corral them into new business. And if you're a person that comes from the world of really just kind of managing the process by which those people get corralled and you're put into a situation where you don't have to start generating that, that can be a stark contrast. And I've certainly seen that play out, uh, that same movie. We've seen it several times on our end as well. Here's the other thing. If you're a smaller agency and you're selling a custom product based on your strategic thinking and your, or your, your personal or your, your team's cre creativity, um, it's, often the clients will want to deal with the owner, especially if you're, you're smaller. So that can be an, a, a compelling proposition to go out to a, a prospect or a group of prospects and say, look, I'm responsible for the work. I'm, you know, I'm the owner. I'm responsible for the growth. I'm responsible for the work that we do. And I'm responsible for um, uh, the sort of the, the, the secret sauce that makes our work so special. Mm. That I think becomes, um, it's very hard to replicate the power of that message in a junior or even a senior BD person in a smaller agency. It just doesn't have the same sort of authenticity. So that can be hard for some agency owners to hear. And again, I'm not saying that that's then all they have to do. I'm saying that they need to take that on that responsibility and find ways to support it either with team or outsourcing other or other tools. Awesome. So we, we've covered a lot on the episode and I know that you've got some really great resources that you're kind enough to share with our audience today to help them implement some of what they've heard today. So where can they find more about you and, you know, get access to some of the things that you've created to help them? Well, the first, first and best place would be to go to my website, which is the Sutter And that'll probably also be in the show notes. I imagine. It um, will. Then uh, I think you're also going to include a link to a guide that I developed. It's called the New Business Ecosystem Guide. And it'll, uh, it'll allow agencies to take the first steps in building that new business ecosystem. So it's got a few tools and guides that get them organized to start building that ecosystem, which will be the, uh, the foundation of a successful and supported new business strategy. 
Well, there you have it, folks. Scroll down to the show notes. We'll have links to all of those things, the Sutter Company website, the new business ecosystem guide, as well as links to follow Jody and the content that she's creating and the podcast that she's appearing on. And with all that, Jody, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Marcel, thank you. And uh, thank you for your great services too. You're, you've got, you're in a great company and it's uh, really important products that agencies need. I appreciate it. It means a lot coming from you. So with that, thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll talk to you on the next. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
Bitcoin.